Let's give the Furies a hand. Come on, Flurries. Wow. Wow. You know, we never know what's going to happen to us, do we? We never know when things are not going to work out. We never know when things are going to take a turn. We never know when plans are not going to work out like we thought. And let me tell you what's going to happen when the plans don't work out like you thought they would. You need a church, and you need a group of people around you that are going to love you and pray for you and cry with you and laugh with you and be there. Because every one of us, if it hasn't happened, the train is going to come off the track somewhere along the journey, isn't it? And when the train derails, we, we need each other. We need a small group of people that are going to pray for us and love us and be there for us. And that's what this alignment's all about. I am Faith Promise. See, we're not just a, a church with multiple locations, but we are one church in many locations. And then we are one church in hundreds of homes where adults come together and they study the Word together and they pray together, and it is so vital. No matter what campus you're at, every campus, we greet you this weekend, whether it's Blount County or North Knoxville or Anderson County or Campbell County or Internet Campus or the Pellissippi Campus. We're stoked that you chose to worship with us because God is doing something at Faith Promise Church. Is He not? Come on, church. He is moving. <laughs> Exciting. By the way, don't forget, we've got a huge night of worship and CD recording coming up at the end of the month. Well, the theme of this year is you won't if you don't, and it's, it's about having a harvest. And, and we're praying for a hundredfold harvest in 2014. Is that right? And we're already seeing fruit move. We're seeing growth like we've never seen. Last weekend, we set another attendance record already. That's two or three this year. So we're grateful. God is moving. Uh, hundreds of new people have connected in groups and in this alignment. I am faith promise, and it's exciting. But Jesus said over 2,000 years ago, the theme for this series, Matthew 16, 18, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The gates of hell have launched every attack against the church for 21 centuries, have they not? They've tried to discount the word. They've tried to destroy the word. They've tried to persecute us, kill us. they tried to snuff out the light. But no matter how hard the enemy tries to cut off the light, we are marching for Jesus. Is anybody with me? Come on, guys. Wow. Man. We are faith promise. You are faith promise. I am faith promise. Just, I'm going to count three and let's say it together. I am faith promise. Are you ready? One, two, three. I am faith promise. That's us. That's who we are. Now, faith promise, do we love Jesus? Yes. Do you love your church? Yes. Man, come on. And I, I just got to tell you, as your pastor, I love you guys. When I say or we say I love my church, we're not saying we love sheetrock. We're not saying we love, you know, buildings or sound systems. We're saying we love each other. And as your pastor, I don't care what campus you're at, I'm going to tell you something. I love you and pray for you every single day day. Grateful. Matter of fact, this year, end of last year, this year, we have so many new promisers that are, have, have gotten a part of the core and, and so many that have joined the generosity journey after the first last month and hundreds of families that committed to step into generosity and it's already making a difference. It's just amazing. I, I've gotten already so many emails and correspondence from many of our business leaders that they're already experiencing explosive growth this year, and God is blessing families in every way. And so, man, it's just an exciting time to be a part. 
Now, let me tell you what we need at Faith Promise. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. Man, we need more Jesus at Faith Promise. Amen? Amen. We don't necessarily need more, more information. Now, we want to learn more about the Master, but we need more of the Master. You know, and today in, our, in, the, in the church, we have a lot of teachers, but we don't have enough spiritual fathers and mothers. We don't have enough Pauls that take Timothy. We don't have enough, da- you know, Davids, we, the, you know, that took his Saul's son. We don't have enough Jonathan. We don't have enough Elijahs to take Elisha's. We don't have enough people that will say, I will spiritually parent people. Does that make sense? Spiritually parent. Last, last weekend, I was walking on the Pellissippi campus between services and greeting people. And this young lady walked up and, man, vibrant, full of life. And she said, hey, Pastor, could I share something with you? I said, sure. She said, you know, I love coming here. God is just doing a work. She said, you know, if I'd had a dad like you, I believe I'd be farther. Best compliment I got all last weekend. Now, I'm older. Ten years ago, that might have bothered me. You know, because she wasn't a kid. She was a young adult, but I have three young adults. And so, and so it, was a, it was a great compliment because what we need is we need adults to rise up and spiritually parent people. Amen? We have, I don't know how many young adults across all of our campuses, but they're coming. I mean, they're just flooding in. We, we probably need 50 adults to step in the gap and say, hey, you know what? I'll be a small group leader for young adults. Man, I'll step in there with young adults. I'll, I'll help with young adults. Man, we just so need it. Does that, does that make sense? Amen? Amen? You're afraid to say amen. Afraid somebody will point out to you, aren't you? Come on. God's speaking to about 50 people this weekend. He's touching you on the shoulder and say, hey, he's talking to you. You need to step up. Let us know. Put it on the communication card. Uh, Dustin, one of our, uh, our discipleship pastors will call you, and we'll just help you get in there. All right, I want to take in this series, I Have Faith Promise, to go to the most famous verse in all the Bible. You know what that is? John 3, 16. For God so, he so what? The what? For God so loved the world that he what? He what? His only begotten, that whosoever in him should not but have everlasting Life forever. Ever. I mean, that, it lost people know that verse. It's every football game. Remember the guy years ago, the big orange chair, John 3, 16, got on every sporting event. Man, he was there everywhere. You know, the, it's a big deal that God loves the world. Because last time I checked, you and I are in the world. Is that right? If you're not in the world, we got some counseling. Man, we need to help you. Well, see, we're all in the world, and the good thing about that is God loves the world, and since you're in it, that means God loves you. And I, listen, if you came this weekend and you left with one thought that you got, that, that, that God gave you the revelation that you realize that God loves you, life will get better automatically. It just get better if you realize that. See, let me, let me give you just a radical, in Romans chapter 5, this is just amazing. Romans chapter 5 verse 6 says, For while we were still helpless, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one would hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for a good man, someone would dare even to die. But God demonstrates. He does more than declare. God demonstrates his own love toward us, that's you and me, and that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Do y'all believe that? 
Now, see, you, I mean, you want to wrap your mind around something that is massive. Wrap your mind around the love of God. You want to meditate on something. Meditate on how much God loves you, how much God cares for you, the price that God paid for you. Now, if, if the, the only, the, the one of us, the, those of us that get this best are parents. Because once you become a parent, you realize for the first time loving somebody else more than you love you. Right? I mean, you, have, you know, God puts this little baby in your hand, and man, you just, man, you just love this kid. And man, the kid grows up, or your kids grows up. And, and man, you, you love them, and then you watch them as they grow, and, and you know they're going to be hurt. Right? You remember when your kids had a crush? Y'all remember that? On some rock star? Do you know how many girls think Justin Bieber is going to marry them? I think it's New Direction. One Direction. I'm old. But we got some affection on some One Direction, some people in the house. And there are some teenagers that believe somebody in One Direction is going to knock on their door and say, I love you, would you marry me? And they're not. And so you got to sit down with your daughter and look up and say, I got bad news. They're not coming. They're not coming. They don't know you. They don't care about you. And see, God understands that feeling because he sent his son to die for people that wouldn't care for him. They would ignore him, that would mock him, that would hate him, that would betray him, that would crucify him. He, he understood that. He, he got that. Man, you are loved by a father. You, you, it is unbelievable. When, when our kids were in school, Faith Swam and Mike and Zach played football and rugby. And Michelle was always at the game. Are you with me? Always at the game. Pee Wee football at the game. I mean, and she's running. You know, she's running up and down the fence. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, you could see her skull can on the back as she was running. I said, honey, come on. You can't be a redneck. We're pastor. Come on. People know who we are. Stop. And then, you know, Pee Wee, they don't have good refs. And Michelle would cheer the ref on. Idiot! So I'd say, Michelle, you're not going, you can't come to the game. But see, this deal with the parent. We can't help but watch our kids, can we? We, we can't help it. And then guess, this, this is the deal. Guess, then I get a granddaughter. And I hold this grandbaby and I just stare at her. <laughs> she looks like me. You know, see, that's and because we love them. Guess what? God just stares at you. See, God is obsessed with you. God loves you. Does that make sense? We are his children created in his image, and he loves us. Now, some of us, I know I did it, and some of you did it. We tried, God got on our tail, and we tried to get God off, didn't you? Some of you are still trying to get God off your tail. You're still running. Give it up. When God gets after you, it's over, baby. It is over. Like Michelle chasing, running down the fence, man. I mean, watching. God is right there. And love is his theme. God is obsessed with us. It is God's glorious obsession. It is the reason he was willing to pay the ultimate price to purchase our salvation. Why? Because he wanted a relationship with us. So I want to go back 750 years before Jesus. 
way back before then. And look at a story out of the, out of the book of Hosea. Hosea. That's amazing. This is an amazing story. Let, let, let me just sort of give you the, the, the cliff notes, and I'm going to dive in a couple of thoughts about this story. Because if faith promise, we need to be a church with radical love. Is that right? Is that right? And so the only way that we can radically love others is that we have received radical love. Those that have been loved radically, radically love. And so here's Hosea, the man of God. Here's the prophet of God, man. He is the man in Israel. And God shows up. And God starts speaking to Hosea. He said, Hosea, I've got a, I've got a task for you. I've got an assignment. Yes, God, here I am. What do you want me to do? I am ready, man, whatever it is, you name it. I want you to go to the red light district and find a hooker and marry her. Now, wait a minute, God, I, I thought that was you. It's got to be the devil. It's got to be something else. Because God would never tell the man of God to go do that. He said, whoa, wait a minute, God, hold up. I thought you said you wanted me to go find a hooker and marry her. <laughs> What'd you say? That's what I said. Go find a hooker and marry her. Go. And so Hosea goes and he finds a hooker named Gomer. Now, see, Gomer's not a name, Gomer's a scar. Can you imagine naming your daughter Gomer? Now, I'm going to age, I'm going to just go ahead and age myself, but when I hear Gomer, I think Powell. <laughs> surprise, surprise, surprise. I, I just can't help it. I think of Gomer Powell, USMC. I think of Sergeant Carter. Now, I know everybody under 30 doesn't know who Gomer Powell is unless you've got Nick at night. That's when they had godly television shows. And so... And so, you know, you go back in, and so he goes and gets Gomer, and he marries Gomer. And Gomer's married to him, but she's slipping out having sex with other men. So she has two kids. We don't know who their fathers are. Are you with me? See, I love the Bible because the Bible's so cotton-picking honest. And God just lays it out there. So here's the famous man of God, the prophet of Israel, married to a woman who's out sleeping around. He's got kids. He doesn't even know if they're his. I mean, he's not doesn't know what's going. Then he wakes up one morning and she has put it in beef or boogie and she is gone. Are you with me? The neighbors begin to find out. Hey, where's Gomer? Looks like Hosea's a single dad. Wonder where she's at. Oh, you know where she's at? She's out committing adultery. She's out sleeping around. I don't know why Hosea ever married somebody like that. The kids want their mom. The whispers go on. Hosea sleeps in his bed alone. Let me tell you what Hosea got. Hosea got, he understood the feeling of abandonment. You ever been abandoned? You ever been ditched, dissed, done wrong? You ever had somebody walk out on you? Most of us know. And the only way that you overcome a spirit of abandonment is with the spirit of adoption. See, when you are born again, when you meet the Lord and, and, and he takes away the spirit of abandonment and he puts a spirit of adoption on you. We know that. And so, so Hosea is doing his deal. He's preaching at the temple. He's rocking and rolling. He's doing all this stuff. And God shows up again. Now, if I was Hosea, I wouldn't be a happy camper. Would you? 
And so God shows up again, again. This is so uncool. In Hosea chapter 3, Then the Lord said to me, Go again and love a woman who is loved by her husband, yet is an adulteress. Even as the Lord loves the sons of Israel, though they turn to other gods and they love raisin cakes. So I bought her for myself for 15 shekels of silver and over and a half of barley. Then I said to her, you should stay with me for many days. You shall not play the harlot, nor shall you have a man, so I will also be toward you. That's what God said. She's been gone now. We don't know how long. And God shows back up and said, Hosea, listen, man, I know it's been rough. I want you to go find her and bring her home. Now, Lord, you got to understand, she dissed me. She left me. She's gone. See, what Hosea didn't realize is Gomer wasn't just his wife. Gomer was his calling. Because God wanted the children of Israel to understand and the people of God that when we turn our back on God, we are committing adultery. We have turned our back on God. And so, and so what happens? Then she, she leaves, leaves her kids, leaves her husband, and she's out because she thinks that she can find love. She thinks she can buy love. She's looking for love in all the wrong places. She's looking for love in too many faces. Y'all remember that? So what God does is God, the second greatest illustration, the second greatest demonstration of the love of God is found 750 years before Jesus in the life of Hosea and Gomer. Go find her. God, do you know how she treated me? Do you know how I felt? Because haven't we all turned our back on God? Somebody, come on, somebody help me in the house. You better believe we have. We've been Peter. We've denied. We've, we've all blown it. We've, we've looked at sin and looked at God, and we've chosen sin. Come on, even after we were saved, we've all done it. You know how she treated me? You know how I feel? I've been alone. I've been raising these kids all by myself. I don't really want to go get her. I didn't really ask what you wanted to do, uh, Hosea. I'll go get her. So Hosea gets a babysitter for the two kids, and he heads off to the red light district. And he's out on the street corners at the, where all the hookers hang out. Hey, guys, you seen Gomer? Yeah, I was with her a couple nights ago. Man, she was good. Yeah, that's my wife. Oh, dude, I'm so sorry. I thought she was a, she was a whore. I thought she was a hooker. I didn't know she was married. I'm, I'm so sorry. So here the man of God, the holy man of God, who the Spirit of God has spoken to to write a book in the Bible, and, 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 and he is out there in the ditches and the highways and the byways looking. This is not where the man of God, the holy man of God, hangs out. And the holy man of God is now knocking on the doors of brothels. Saying, hey, Gomer here, asking her pimp. Hey, what about Gomer? Where's she at? What's the deal? And he's walking around and he finds her. He finds her in the slave market. Now, we don't know what's happened to Gomer, but we do know this. She has sold herself into sex trafficking. She's, see, she wasn't stolen. She sold herself into that lifestyle. And so he finds out that she's for sale, and he goes to the slave market where they stand people up, and they put them on, you know, up on, on pedestals, and they strip them naked, and people walk around and check out the merchandise. So Hosea, the man of God, is in the back of the room looking at this horror of human 
just rubble. Saying, dear God, what am I doing here? And he's watching ever so closely as Gomer gets closer. He goes up to the auctioneer and says, hey, listen, dude, man, you see the th- that lady right there, the third one in the back? That's my wife. I need to get her. He said, I don't know if you're made to her, but I own her. You own her, you can pay for her. If not, hit the bricks, dude. And so Hosea waits, and then up comes Gomer. Hey, but give me five, five shekels, six shekels, six, six, you're gonna have seven shekels, eight, 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 fifteen shekels of, of, of silver, and a barley and a half of wheat and a bath of wine. And he buys her. And he pays the price. Now see, she used to be his, like we were in the garden. Remember? And then as Adam and Eve chose his sin. See, we, we, and, and then God chose to pay the price. See, Jesus said, I'll pay the price. I'll, I'll pay the price. And he said, you're going to come home and you're going to be with me. It says, for the sons of Israel will remain, in verse 4, Hosea 3, for many days without a king or prince, without sacrifice or sacred pillar, while that ephod or household idols. And afterwards, the sons of Israel will return to seek after the God, their God and David, their king, and they will come trembling to the Lord and to his goodness in the last days. I want you to notice that. Come to his goodness. You see, it says they will come trembling before the Lord because in the Old Testament, they feared the wrath of God. But, you know, they, they feared what God would do. But he says, in the latter days, you are going to, you're going to come before me because of my goodness. Romans 2, 4 says that it is the goodness of God that brings us to repentance. That we realize how good God is, that God loves us, that God has chased us down, that God is after us. And that will draw us to God, not his wrath, but his goodness. The name Hosea means salvation. The name Gomer means completion. Hosea is a symbol of Jesus. And can I tell you something? There's not a hell hole too deep that Jesus won't come after us. Because I'm going to tell you, I was deep in the hell hole when he found me. See, we're Gomer. Hosea is Jesus, right? We're Gomer. And man, we are lost without him. Gomer means completion. And man, when we are born again, he completes us. Remember last weekend we used out of Matthew chapter 9 the calling of Matthew and Jesus is hanging out with the sinners and the tax collectors. We talked about a couple weeks ago. See, Jesus hung out with sinners. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus was willing to pay the price. Jesus searched for us. He came looking for us. Listen, we didn't go looking for him. He came after us. And, and because now we, we have been radically loved by God, it's our job to radically love gomers. Amen? And let me tell you, it's a messy business loving gomers. Man, let me, Hosea did not like it in the streets and the brothels and all the things that he went through to get her back. It's messy if you're going to win people that are far from God. I had a couple come to me several years ago. And they said, hey, pastor, this will be our last Sunday. We're leaving the church. I said, really, man? I thought you guys were happy. What's up? They said, well, you know, my wife got together with two or three other wives and so that their kids could play. And to be honest, we just don't want our kids around their kids. I said, really? Now, you just need to be proud that I didn't punch him in the head. 
Because that's what I, I wanted to lay hands on his head, neck, and shoulders. <laughs> well, I said, let me give you one word of advice. Go to a little church and a church that's not growing. Because do we just want really well-mannered lost people? Church, come Listen, Faith Promise, when you go after gomers, it's messy. I don't want those people. I don't want those kids around my kids. I don't want those students around. Hey, I, man, that's just, you know what? We're going to go where it's deeper. Amen. And we're just going to go. You know, man, we're going to go. And it's just, it's amazing, but that's what people do. Listen, we're committed to winning gomers. We're not committed to being, you know, the the prissy, you know, church. We're just, man, it's not us. We're going to win gomers. And gomers come with problems. Amen? And gomers don't know how to act. And gomers don't know what to do in church. That's okay. We're going to teach them. It's called discipleship. And that's why we have groups and we love on people. First John chapter 4, verse 9 says this, but this by this, the love of God was manifest in us that God sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. In this, in this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation or the payment for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. So that's why we love a church. Why? Because we were gomers. Gomers. And God came after us. Thank God there was a church that would accept us. Red, black, yellow, white, poor, rich. It doesn't matter. A place where we could come and worship and, and find people that love God. If you are born again, then you have been accepted. You have been forgiven. You are loved. You have been adopted. You have been grafted in. See, when you get the gospel of the love of God, it wrecks your life. It just wrecks you. Come on, church. <clears throat> Man, the gospel just wrecks you, and you enter this unbelievable love affair with God, not with the denomination, not with a building, not with the dogma. Man, you fall in love with the person, the, the triune God of heaven and God's people. See, the question is this. Oh, yeah, we've gotten larger, and we multi-site, got all that stuff. The question God wants to know, faith promise is will we still go after gomers in Jesus' name? Will we still love whatever walks through the doors of every one of our campuses? Will we still invite them to lunch and invite them to our small group? Will we still love, even though we've got, do we still care about gomers? Somebody help me in the house of God. <clears throat> See, God's obsessed with gomers. This Easter, going to have 10,000 people on Easter weekend. We're going to add a bunch of services. Matter of fact, I'm going to Israel this week to shoot our Easter sermon because we're going to do that. We're going to preach the empty tomb at the empty tomb. Amen. It's going to be, it's going to rock. It's going to rock. And we're going to add services at all of our campuses, and you're going to bring your lost friends, and they are going to experience the radical love of God because Easter is going to be Gomer Day. Gomer Day. Are you with me? Because just like Gomer, listen, just like Gomer was on the human slavery cell that blocked to be sold, we have friends and family that are still there. 
They're separated from God. They're chained by sin. And the only way for them to be set free is the love of God and a church that will love them right where they are. Those of us that have experienced the radical love of God love radically. If you do not have, if you do not love others, then Bible says you do not love God. And see, people go to church all around America and they don't get loved because they don't look right or they don't dress right. They didn't ride the right car. They don't have the right job, the right pedigree. They're not the right color. Here, whatever walks, crawls, slides, glides, flies, hives, dives, or rides into one of our campuses, into one of our groups, they're going to be loved in the name of Jesus. Come on. Now, if all of our campus pastors at all of our campuses, if you guys would just go ahead and make your way down as we get ready to, to wrap this service up, you guys just make your way down. See, with all 5,500, over 5,500 people with us this weekend, there are a lot of people that are still on the slave block. You've never been set free from sin. Hey, you might be religious. Can I tell you, religion, chained by religion, is just as bad as being chained by pornography. Being chained and blind by religion is just as bad as being chained by any other sin. See, Jesus didn't come to start a religion. He came to build a relationship with us and to build his church. And so there are people right now, you know, man, God's speaking to you. You know that you're Gomer. I was Gomer. We've all been Gomer. And you know it. But you know right now that God's, that, that God's after you, and you're ready to surrender your life to Jesus and enter the fold. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're ready to give your heart to Jesus, all of our campuses, we're going to just pray this prayer. It's not a magic prayer. It's just surrendering your life to Jesus. So faith promises, pray this out loud with them. Pray this prayer. Say, Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned. I know I'm Gomer, and I'm so sorry. Forgive me. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. I surrender to you. I'll have no other gods. I'll bow to no idols. I will serve you alone. I confess you as Lord. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, somebody give God praise. Wow. Wow. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, take your communication card, and in just a minute we're going to be dismissed. There's going to be pastors down front. You can bring that, drop in the offering box, Internet Campus. You can go to the chat room, or you can go right there and click the communication card on your screen, and somebody will be in touch with you. Or maybe you're not in a group, and we're halfway done with this, this alignment. You want to get in one, go to our Next Steps area, or take and fill your communication card out. Maybe you need to follow the Lord and blow it. Whatever you need, believer's baptism or serve or group, if you'll write it down again, go to our next step. Somebody will be there to help you, and it is just vital. And then, hey, we've got fusion coming up in a couple weeks, and because of the bad weather, we did not have student services. Uh, this past week, it snowed. You might not have noticed. <laughs> might not have noticed. And so uh, if you did not sign, if you have a student and you did not sign up for fusion, out right beside the information table, as soon as this service is over, you can go out there, you can go home and sign up online. But listen, listen, mom and dad, you need to get your kids to Fusion. They don't know anybody. They will when it's over. It's, there'll, there'll be five, six, seven, eight students, and they'll be at a house. It's not going to be. And so they're going to make friends. And so I want to challenge you. Get them there. It's a great weekend. They're going to experience God in radical ways. You, and so I just want to challenge you. Sign up. Get your kids. Let everybody know because 
Again, because the way the weather fell, most kids sign up late. I know you found that hard to believe. And so mom and dad, should your kids go to Fusion? So sign them up. Hey, has it been good to be in the house of God? Man, come on. Come on. So listen, I love you. Man, I just want to tell you, I love you. I'm so grateful. Listen, I wouldn't go, I wouldn't be, this is the greatest place in the world. I'm the, I am the most blessed pastor alive. I taught a bunch of pastors in Dallas this week and, and was doing some training down there. And I'm telling you, man, I couldn't wait to get home to be with this church because I love you. And God's doing a work. Men, at Faith Promise, I love you guys. Let's rise up and be men of God. Amen. Be back next weekend. We love you guys. Be blessed. See you.